0: Hello and welcome. I'm Josh, the pastor at Winfield Community Church. Thank you for taking some time and listening to this. Today what I want to talk about is prayer. How do you pray? What do we pray for? When should we pray? And what really even is prayer? As we look in the Word of God, Jesus has His disciples and the 12 that are following Him, He's teaching them constantly throughout His entire earthly ministry. Everything He's doing is to teach them and Eventually, it teaches us as well as we read through those Gospels. But if you do a little extra digging, there's one specific time where they ask Jesus, will you teach us how to do that? And specifically, what they're asking him to teach is prayer. We find that in Luke chapter 11, prior to the Lord's Prayer, which is also recorded in Matthew chapter 6. But the disciples come to, that, come to Jesus and say, teach us to pray as John, John taught his disciples. And so it's interesting, if you consider it as a disciple of Christ, that you're learning. He's teaching all the time why the disciples would go out of their way to ask Jesus to teach them to pray. It implies a few things. You see, it implies that prayer in and of itself was not necessarily something that was just understood. And I think... 2,000 years later, a lot of times when we ha- talk about prayer, we just use that as an understood term. We we just expect people to know what it means to pray. Well, it obviously was not something that the original 12 were super familiar with because if they were, if they were comfortable praying, they wouldn't have asked Jesus To teach them to pray. So, if we go with the understanding that maybe we're not nailing it when it comes to our prayer life, maybe we're not getting it completely right, and we just humble ourselves and ask, How should we pray? Perhaps we could. Uh, learn something new, gain some new understanding. So Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 1, says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. Matthew chapter 6 Verses nine through fifteen, it reads pretty much the same thing. Um, Jesus says, Pray like this in Matthew chapter six, verse nine. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for If you forgive others their trespasses, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So it's virtually the same, and uh, if you go back into the history of the sermons that we've been talking about at our church, I definitely preached a message on the Lord's Prayer uh, probably about six months ago, so you can feel free to look at that. I'm not going to dwell too long on the exposition of the Lord's Prayer. But there are a few things specifically that I want to take note of. First and foremost, this is the only thing that the disciples asked specifically to be taught. This is the only—they didn't ask him to teach them how to heal people or raise people from the dead or teach or preach or or any of the things that we are called to do as we are building the kingdom. You know, they weren't taught— They didn't go out of their way to ask for instruction on evangelism. They didn't go out of their way to ask for instruction on many, many different things. They just saw Jesus doing it, relied on how he was doing it, and they did those things themselves when Jesus sent them out. Prayer, however, is something that they went out of their way to ask the Lord to teach them. I think a lot can be learned from that because I think it's really important for us to understand that prayer is not something that we should be doing as lightly as I believe many, many people are doing it. We should ask the Lord to teach us how to pray. That as we spend time in His Word, as we grow closer to Him and we look more and more like Him as our life and our Christian walk develops, learning how to pray and praying Biblical prayers, I think, is a really important part of the Christian walk. So we'll go through this example that Jesus has for us and uh, understand that this is the example that Christ himself set up. And so when we pray, this is how we should pray, right? He opens the prayer. He says, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. And we've talked about that again in um, in church before, but you know, we, he opens up by accepting and pointing out the holiness and the set-apartness of God. He's going before the Almighty, and he's saying, You are holy. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. And then, interestingly enough, he says, Give us each day our daily bread. You see, bread here, sure, literally means bread. It literally means the sustenance upon which someone needs to consume it and live. We need food. So he goes in and he he designs this thing, and he says, give us each day our daily bread. But what he's saying is, give us today what we need to sustain us for today. If you go back to Matthew, it's during the Sermon on the Mount, and towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus even goes further to say, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow is has worries that are sufficient for itself. You don't need to worry about how you're going to provide for yourself tomorrow. The Lord provides for the sparrows and the flowers, and aren't you more important than those, right? And so when Jesus is setting up a model of prayer, he's saying take every day, one day at a time, and pray for what you need today, whether that is physical sustenance, whether that is protection, provision, whatever it is, pray for what you need today, today, and tomorrow when you pray, pray again for what you need then. He then goes on and he says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have Uh, trespassed against us, or those who are indebted to us. This is really important because what we're talking about here is not so much a purification ritual necessarily, but as we talked about in church on Sunday with 1 John 1, 9, repentance and confession of sin is more inclined to restore people relationally, right? So, Asking forgiveness of our sins from God restores us in those relationships, makes us right with God so that we are able to commune and spend time with him. And then it says, as we forgive those who are indebted to us, those who are trespassed against us, those who have committed sin towards us, we are going to forgive them. We're going to restore our heavenly relationship, our spiritual relationship with God, and we are also going to restore relationships here on earth between other people, brothers and sisters in Christ, and people here on the earth. And then he asks the Lord to lead us not into temptation, deliver us from the even the question of sin. I don't even want to be tempted, God, please. Remove the temptation from my life. So this is the model that we have for prayer. Uh, we open with respecting the holiness and the, the wonder that is the Almighty God. I think a lot of times we miss that. We miss just how powerful He is. And I don't want to devalue the fact that we're called to go boldly before the throne or, or any of that. I do think all of that's important. But I think remembering who we're talking to when we talk to Him is something that we have oftentimes lost sight of. And so I think it's really important to credit where credit's due. He's the Almighty God. And when we go in to speak with Him, telling him we understand you are the almighty god and we are here at your will to do what you've called us to do not not for us to you know make requests and and tell you how to run the show you are here to tell us what we are to do and respecting and honoring that in him then he goes on and says Okay, ask only what you need for today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about where your stuff's coming from for future plans. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to plan for the future. We absolutely should. If we're going to be good stewards of what God has given us, then we need to come up with future plans. But we do have to do that with a a willingness and a desire that as God changes those plans, we can get on his page and, listen to the Holy Spirit while he is changing our plans, and he gets to influence and impact our plans. So give us what we need for today. Forgive us of our sins so that we can be in right standing with you, so that we can be walking hand in hand in relationship with God. Allow us to forgive others so that our physical earthly relationships can be restored and take all temptation away from us. You know, there are other passages that talk about Prayer, as well, uh, many many different passages in Scripture. The question is, if if that's what prayer is, and that's how prayer is intended, what do some of those other passages mean? Well, I'll flip over f- for now to First for First Thessalonians, chapter five. This is the end of the letter to the church um, from Paul, and it says in five, starting in verse twelve. And to everyone, rejoice always, and this is the famous verse, pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. For you, do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good and abstain. Every form of evil. These are the final instructions that Paul is writing in this letter here, and part of those instructions are pray without ceasing. Take on a spirit of prayer. Well, if we're to pray without spe- ceasing, and we're supposed to take on an attitude of prayer, and the prayer that is given to us as an example is the prayer given by Jesus, it would seem to me that if we put these two things together, that we should take on an attitude where we respect and understand the holiness and the perfection that is the Almighty God. All the time we should be considering His personhood, His sovereignty, His holiness, and who He is. At all times, that should be something that we are regularly considering At all times, we should be asking the Lord to provide for our needs, right? Rather than, okay, God, can you provide for me tomorrow and next week? No, no. In the moment, as needs come up, we are understanding understanding that he has promised to take care of us. We are asking that as we are walking in his will, he is providing for the things we need. Asking for forgiveness of sins is something that we need to do on a regular basis. I don't even think that this is once a week, once a month. I think that this is once a sin. Every time you let the flesh take over, every time the flesh gets in the way, we stop and we say, Lord, I know I messed that up. Can you please forgive me? And can I be forgiving other people as they are offending me on a regular basis? All the time, this needs to be our attitude. It's a continual heart Of prayer, And that continual heart of prayer turns into a real desire with time spent with the Almighty God. As we develop that relationship, that continual heart of prayer, we develop a desire to spend more and more time with Him. And then rather than it being a spiritual discipline where we pray for 10 minutes in the morning or 10 minutes at night to make sure that we're praying all the time, we are developing a relationship with Him that Throughout our day, we are spending time talking with Him, fellowshipping with Him, and praying to Him. So, if this is the abridged version of what prayer should be, and I think we need to do a much more in depth study on prayer, I just have a couple of challenges here, right? I, I think it's important for us to reevaluate prayer in our own life. I think we need to look at our prayer life, you know. I I don't think that we've taken prayer for what it is. I think we've taken it for granted. We've we've kind of abused it and used it for our own sake rather than for what God set it up and designed it to be, right? What does our prayer life look like? What are you praying for? If your list of prayer looks more like you praying that God will work to make people more physically comfortable, more than it looks spiritual, right? So if you are praying more and more for sick people and dying people or sad people and broken people to be physically comforted, right? Well, Grandma's got cancer and Timmy's got a broken leg and God, can you just heal them? If you're praying for God to do a lot more physical than you are spiritual, then I would say perhaps our prayer life is out of order. If you're praying for God to do things all the time for you, rather than asking God what you can be doing for Him, I would, I would argue that our prayer life might be out of order. The next thing I'd encourage you to do is spend some time in Scripture. Do a study on prayer. Look at the Word of God. What does it say about about prayer? Well, the Lord's Prayer is recorded twice. There's two examples of that. Uh, And then there are several other passages of prayer that we can look at. Far far too often I see this, and it it really kind of confuses me, where certain traditions just became traditions, right? So we've got these things that we do, but they're not found anywhere in scripture. They're just, they're just not there. And I don't want to necessarily condemn that, but I do want to reevaluate those things and say, why? What? What is the point of that? What human being in their infinite wisdom decided one day to, well, we're going to start doing this and The reason we're going to do this is because I want to. And then all of a sudden it became part of church tradition, and now we just do that without questioning it. I think prayer is very much like that. I think once upon a time somebody decided that we're going to pray to give people physical comfort. I don't see an example of that in Scripture. And so our prayer life is overly consumed with that, and yet nowhere in Scripture do we have an example of that you know this is not the only thing by the way that we do that is outside of the word of god or you know it's secondary to the word of god i just don't understand why we do those things you know and i'm not saying they're bad or wrong i just why do them we celebrate certain holidays or or whatever and we adapt that into our faith into our walk with Christ and we say, oh, well, you know, um, we, we just do this because we always have and it's fun and we do it. Well, I don't I don't know that that is something that we're supposed to be doing. I don't know that praying for people to be healed is something that's called out in the word of God. Don't get me wrong. I, I absolutely know that healing is called out in the Word of God. But when I see healing happen in Scripture, in the Bible, I see somebody moving, the Holy Spirit moving through them to go up to a person and, and heal a person. You know, we, we pray over people from afar and we say, Oh, Lord, would you heal so and so of their ailment? I just don't know that that's what prayer is intended for. Now, I could be wrong and feel free to shoot me an email and tell me that I'm wrong or, uh, you know, question me at church on Sunday and say, what do you mean by that? You mean we shouldn't be praying for people? I'm not saying we shouldn't be praying for people, but I think what our prayer consists of should focus a lot more spiritually than it should physically. Prayer is a spiritual conversation. It's not a physical conversation. And so why would we have a spiritual conversation about the physical? That doesn't make any sense. Logically, it doesn't. You know, it it just isn't a thing. I don't. I, you're speaking different languages. It it just doesn't add up. So look at the word. Do a do a study on prayer. And in a few weeks, I think we're going to do this in our midweek Bible study to to really understand what prayer is and what it's designed to be. But more than anything, prayer is designed for you to be fellowshiping with God. It's for you to go and commune with the Father. And when we see Jesus praying, He was getting away from people to go and spend time with his dad. And while he's spending time with his dad, as we see the different things that he's praying for, more often than not, he's praying that the Father's will would be completed. More often than not, I think we are praying that God's will would align with ours. And that's a problem, folks. That's something that we need to reevaluate. So, I would say, you know, look at your prayer life, reevaluate your prayer life, challenge yourself to reevaluate prayer in your life and look into the scriptures and see if you're praying in accordance with the way scripture lays prayer out. You know, pray the way that you see it in the Bible. If your prayer doesn't look like anything you've ever seen in the Bible, then you're praying the wrong way. And ask yourself is it time to upgrade your prayer life? Is it time to. Push yourself a little harder spiritually with one of your spiritual disciplines and say, you know what, I'm going to buckle down and I'm going to learn to pray. And I'm going to pray the right way. I'm going to pray the way Christ modeled prayer. I'm going to pray the way that we're commanded to pray in Scripture. And just a thought, if you start praying differently the way it's modeled in Scripture I would venture a guess and say that your prayer life would get an awful lot better. You would see God working and moving through that prayer a lot more than you have in the past. I really think it's time that we need to get more on board with how Jesus himself taught others to pray and pray that way. Thanks for taking the time to hang out with me, spend some time with me today. I hope this at least piqued some curiosity and that you were able to uh, consider, you know, whether or not the way we pray is really the way God intended for us to pray. And if it has helped you in any way, please uh, don't hesitate to share that with others and let other people know that, hey, I modified my prayer life and it really changed a lot in me. So uh, thanks again, and we will talk to you on Friday.